Hello and welcome to the TESFE podcast with me, Sarah Simons. In today's episode, I'll be looking at all the FE news and views with Julia Smith. Welcome, Julia. Hello, Sarah. Tell us about what you do in FE. Most people don't know me as Julia Smith, so that's the first oddity. I hide behind the Twitter handle of at Tess Maths, so a lot of people think I'm called Tess. I am a teacher trainer, so I teach uh, teachers how to teach maths. Uh, I teach FE, I teach um, secondary, and I also teach a little bit of primary, which I love. I'm also a maths author for Cambridge University Press, for the BBC Bite Size, for Collins, and I'm also chair of governors at Riddle University College, which is a place that I absolutely adore. So I've got a portfolio of jobs, and I'm rabid on Twitter, as we probably know. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a really a good perspective on FE from all sorts of different angles. Yeah, I cut my teeth at Colchester Institute. So I was 10 years there and as a curriculum manager for for what was key skills at that time, uh, morphing into functional skills, did lots of teacher training for maths. So I cut my teeth in FE and then thought, I need a challenge. I'll go off and work in a PRU for a while. So I worked in a secondary PRU, which was amazing. Then uh, in a secondary school in Clacton-on-Sea, again, which is, is quite a challenge. I like those challenging the kids that don't really get it, the 14, 15, 16-year-old kids that don't really get maths, uh, don't really like it. So I, I needed a bit of a challenge at the younger age to help me understand more the basic issues in further education and what happens to those kids when they don't make the grade in secondary, uh, whether they're in a pro or whether they're in mainstream ed, and they end up generally in further education. Well, that's really interesting to, to follow the development of the young people through to college yes definitely yeah yeah absolutely can I just apologize you might hear my Nora my 16 year old collie she she wants to join in today there's no keeping there's no keeping her quiet she clearly has a lot of views on FE and isn't afraid of sharing them so if you do hear woofing (laughs) that's what's happening that's right right shall we crack on with this week's TES yeah right so the first one is about cyber security oh this is really interesting it's a piece by George Ryan it says one year on from the WannaCry ransomware attack that crippled many public service sectors George Ryan reports on the implications of funding being pulled for a vital online security service that colleges take for granted So this is about JISC, isn't it? If I just read a little introduction to it, the Department for Education has traditionally fully funded the cost of JISC for FE colleges in England, but following a decision by the government to significantly reduce the amount of funding it provides, JISC has been asked to adopt a mixed funding model from August next year. This means that its services will be paid for through a combination of government funding and a subscription paid by colleges. (laughs) <laughs> what can I say? It's just another another little chip away at us, isn't it? Something that we desperately need. There's more of a need for it. And now we've had another funding slash because there's a lot of people that won't be able to afford this. A lot of colleges having to go through voluntary redundancies, redundancies, scaling back. You know, when I go to teach a train, I... I find there's embargoes on photocopying now. You know, that's the reality of what's happening in further education. To find another £20,000, well, for me as chair of governors, that's someone else's job. That's another one that we'd have to look at seriously to think, well, if we've got to afford this, we can't afford that. We need this. It's, It's a desperate need for us. And trying to find another big tranche of money is going to make life very, very difficult for us. 
Yeah. A quarter of colleges suffered from a DDoS, which is distributed denial of service attack last year. Both the number of colleges being hit and the frequency of attacks is on the rise, according to JISC. There were on average 12 DDoS attacks per week against colleges in the UK for the first three months of this year, an increase of 27% compared with the same period last year. This is interesting. There's a principal from Richmond-upon-Thames, Robin Gerberon. He Mm. says the protection by just it's it's always been there if we look at cyber security he says my college could be literally under attack and i wouldn't even know about it because of the strength of service JISC provides absolutely there's always analogies with the nhs and education isn't there and last year i had to go in for breast screening and i didn't get into the system because they'd had a cyber attack you know, it, it affects people's lives, doesn't it? And, yeah. and it's that point about disk that it just happens and we don't have to worry about it. Well, if we can't afford it, then we will be worrying about it. I'm seriously, I don't know what JISC are looking at in terms of scaling back their operation or whether there's any move to do that. I just think everyone is at full stretch and then we're being asked to, to stretch a bit further. It's just chipping away again, isn't it? Um, taking more money away from, from vital services that we need. A DFE spokesman says colleges must take responsibility for their own cyber security and ensure that they have good measures in place to protect against online threats. Our grant to JISC ensures that they're able to provide a secure and high quality service and at an affordable cost to colleges. And they then say cyber security is a top priority for the government. We are investing $1.9 billion in the National Cyber Security Strategy and have opened the National Cyber Security Centre, which is working with public and private sector organisations to make the UK the safest place for everyone to live and work online. To me, those two statements contradict each other. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, thank goodness to the AOC and, and the part that they play as well, because they've got um, a big influence uh, on our behalf in this area. I mean, we, we spend an awful lot of time and effort talking to our own students about safeguarding and keeping themselves safe online, uh, internet security and firewalls and making sure they're not looking at what they shouldn't be looking at. And yet we've got a whole different tranche of, of movement now in the cyber sphere, which seems exponential. I mean, the, you know, it's on the rise, isn't it? They were talking about one student had, had seen it as a challenge to get into the college system. That's not the kind of thing that we need to, to be worrying about when we've got so many other things on the agenda. And it's clearly working very well at the moment. I don't know if this is all set in stone or if there's any chance of a change from this current stance. It says from August 2019, they're going to reduce mm. funding for JISC. I don't know if a year and a bit gives enough time for a change of heart. You know, there's going to be some headlines about this, I'm sure, and it's, it's not good. Yeah. Let's move on to the next piece. This is by Joe Mayer, who is principal of Boston College, and it's about burnout. She has a background in... Oh, sports things. Yeah, I mean, it's gone into yeah. an area where I don't know at all. So let's... Sports, throwing things, eating things, running about. She says, my interest and experience of this topic started... And she's talking about burnout, not running about. My interest and experience of this topic started with my undergraduate thesis, which examined athlete burnout and coach-athlete relationships. What became clear was that changing the coach's behaviour was out of my remit, so I had to support the athletes to develop their own strategies, irrespective of the coach and environment. 
by that she's saying we need to keep a check on ourselves in terms of burnout and avoiding the stress being too much yeah absolutely but isn't that something that we have to do all the time for our students as well I mean to my mind I don't see any difference really between burnout and yourself as a teacher in further education uh, and also the the same kind of stresses and strains our students are under as well at the present time the rise in mental um, health awareness and mental health issues in further education I think it extends across the board for staff and for students as well and, and you know we do a lot of work at Rittle rightly so about well-being and giving students strategies to deal with stress but it's also more and more relevant now for our staff as well unfortunately we have to put more and more pressures on our students I've been teacher training and running revision sessions for students I have been running staff revision sessions you know to help them get the best for their students over the next few weeks as they as they race to these exams and I was horrified yesterday to see a tweet from a school saying, oh, here we are on a Sunday morning, all at school doing our maths revision. We're expecting more and more of our staff with pay freezes left, right and centre. And there she goes saying, take purposeful breaks and make time for exercise. Well, these are things that, that people want to do. However, the expectations of them now, because of the exam pressures and because of issues that they have with students, it's it's really, really challenging. It, it's just about talking, isn't it? It's about talking and being open. It's about yeah. keeping perspective. What's important and what isn't important. I think the office presenteeism thing that Jo's talked about is really interesting. Talking about kind of this culture of feeling the pressure to be in college at yeah. the crack of dawn till late at night as a as a member of staff yeah it's you know first in last out uh, and the emails over the weekends I mean there are easy things that you can do as a manager to manage that better isn't there nobody wants to receive that email <laughs> on Sunday yeah. evening do you know quite a few years ago I was chatting with one of my managers she told me about how this member of staff she'd been in hospital for a procedure in the morning which for me was the sort yeah. of thing that you'd have a week off. And she was saying, oh, and do you know, she was back by lunchtime. She was back in her office by lunchtime. And it was said in kind mm. of a, hooray, isn't she tough sort of way. And I, I was gobsmacked. I said, well, why was she, why wasn't she sent straight home? You know, surely that's yeah. going to end up in months off in the future. They were both brilliant managers, but there was that kind of, oh well done she's really tough rock hard she can do all of these things she you know as if you're aiming to be wonder woman well we're not yeah we have to look after ourselves as you say like the students do absolutely right uh yeah that's nuts isn't it really i think there's a lot of it about you know as the the concerns about redundancy rise so does that sort of thing possibly people want to be seen to be in the jobs not just you know in the workplace because they have so much to do but seem to be there um, it is about perspective and it is about the the length of hours in your job uh being very reasonable and yes there's give and take but it does annoy me that we expect saturday revision classes we expect revision drop-in sessions during half terms we expect people to go much more above and beyond rather than just being realistic about what we can do in the time available i mean in our instance we've got a maths curriculum which is a third bigger than it was two years ago 
Have we got a third more time? No. <laughs> I would never expect staff to be working a third more to cover the third third extracurriculum in, in the time that they've got because, it, you know, they're not going to be paid for that, unfortunately. Another aspect of this, which I think is not at all helpful, is this this mm-hmm. tired off and busy off that people seem to have online, you know, talking about how yeah. tired they are, how busy they are. And it's, yeah. can we just all agree? that we're all really, really knackered and we're all really, really busy. Look after yourself. But I think the constant chatter about I'm so busy, I'm so tired, I don't think it helps. I think it creates a a kind of a whirlwind of everybody feeling worse than they did before. Maybe things are different in in September where everybody's, you know, they've had a bit of a sit down and they're ready to take on the next academic year. A college I was in last week, uh, Friday afternoons, they all have a buffet lunch. They all sit around and have a nice lunch together. They invite the English team in as well. And then they do some staff training. It's all collaborative staff training on every Friday afternoon. They're allowed to get together and do that. And I just think that's so healthy. They can talk about what they need to talk about. They can do what they need to do, the mandatory training, etc. But, that, you know, they've got that space to talk to support each other, to plan together. It's really refreshing to see and to, to know that that kind of thing still goes on. I've talked about this a lot, the strength of eating together, you know, to create a yeah. family, how it builds a community. There's uh, there's reasons why places like Google give free food. It's not just because they're yeah. nice. It's because they know it's going no, to create a stronger sense of community within the workplace. And we don't have that kind of staff room ethos that schools have. I mean, primary and secondary are very good at having the staff room. One staff room I went to last summer, uh, they had a big life-size cutout of George Clooney in the corner, just in case you wanted a hug. <laughs> you hug George Clooney and uh, off you go. <laughs> Jill Mayer, principal of Boston College, I'm very disappointed that that wasn't in your list of uh, five ways to avoid burnout. Absolutely. Right, let's move on to the next one, which is me on about the royal wedding because I'm very yeah. conflicted. I've said the royal family's ultimate representation of division between haves and have nots, the yeah. look of where you were born and who you were born to. But all of that said, I am well excited about the wedding on Saturday. Are you, or will you be out doing something else? You know, if it's on, I'll watch it. I wouldn't necessarily get the neighbours round and have a street party. You know, it was that brilliant phrase you put in there about the birthright lottery winners. They are. I'll have a look at the highlights, but I'm sorry. it's I won't be sitting there in my fascinator with you. My husband and my son, they ruined Kate and William's wedding for me by doing a sarcastic commentary all the way through. I was so cross. And uh, so I've said this time, no, I'm ditching it. So I'm going around my friend's house, who was my first manager in FE. And uh, we're going to bob our fascinators on and have a have a running buffet and watch the whole Good. thing. Oh, there'll be all the emotions. There'll be laughter, tears. There'll be a lot of criticism. There'll be a lot of criticism. I was shocked to hear this morning, though, that uh, they're having a stand-up buffet uh, my husband and I did, yeah, having a stand-up buffet with canapes, small bowls of food. And, you know, I just, I did worry for the Queen at that point, thinking, oh, no, she'll have to sit down. But, yes, yeah, so sausage and mash in a bowl when you're standing up. It's not oh, right, is it? no, I'm not keen on that. What are you thinking? And what about everybody who's coming in the really high heels? These are my limousine shoes. I'll get out of the car. I can make it yeah, to the pew and I can watch the wedding yeah. and then I can make it to the table when we have the have the yeah. food. If they find out they have to stand up in them for six That's hours, they'll be furious. 
doesn't sound like there'll be a table to dance on either, does it? Well, I'll be glued, waving my flag, and then obviously Good. within hours I'll be going back to well. The difference between rich and poor and, you know, how awful it all is. But for those few hours I'll be 100% in. Julia, it's been brilliant talking to you. Thanks so much. Thanks for the invite. This has been the TESFE podcast with Julia Smith and me, Sarah Simons. Hope you're having a marvellous week out in the world of FE and thanks very much for listening.